We Saved You a Seat is a podcast sponsored by the Oklahoma Family Network. The Oklahoma Family Network focuses on supporting families of children and youth with special needs via emotional support, resource navigation, and ensuring quality health care for all children and their families through strong and effective family partnerships. Hi guys, this is Oklahoma Family Network's first podcast episode of We Saved You a Seat. And who better to have as our guest than Joni Bruce and Heather Pike? Can you both say hello? Hey, everybody. Okay, so I'm going to start with you, Joni. Um, I want you to introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about how you became involved with Oklahoma Family Network. Okay. Well, um, I live in Edmond with my husband, Jay, and we have three children. Ellen is our oldest. She's 27, is married now, lives in Tulsa. She teaches school. And our little son, John Cameron, actually got us involved with what our network was, uh, one of the networks which merged together to form Oklahoma Family Network was called Neonatal Parent Network of Oklahoma. And while we were in Integris Baptist Neonatal ICU with our son, John Cameron, a neonatologist and a group of families were putting together the Neonatal Parent Network of Oklahoma and asked us if we were that if we would join. Our son passed away after 55 days in the in ICU at Baptist. And after that, we became involved with the network by supporting families who had um, children that were not expected to survive in the NICU and then those um, after their children had passed away. Um, a few months later, I became the executive director and we supported families in the neonatal ICU and we added multiple, the other neonatal ICUs um, in the state over the next couple of years. And then in 2002, uh, I met uh, Heather Pike and Tracy Cook and um, Sooner Start. And we actually merged the two organizations to become the Oklahoma Family Network. So um, Neonatal Parent Network started in uh, was incorporated in 96, began to see support families in June of 1997, and then we merged with Special Parents Access Network, which Heather and then Tracy Cook and Sooner Start started in the year 2000. Um, we also, Jay and I also have one other child, uh, Christopher, who is 21, and we actually were able to adopt Christopher because of connection that we had with a social worker at one of the hospitals. So we feel very blessed uh, with that. That is a wonderful story. Um, how about you, Heather? Can you share a little bit about yourself and your involvement with Oklahoma Family Network? Sure. So my name is Heather Pike, and my husband, Rod, and I um, live here in Edmond, Oklahoma as well. We have two children. Um, we have Zoe, who is 26 and carrying our first grandbaby, which we're super excited about. Congratulations. And then our, <laughs> thank you. And then our son, Layton, who is um, 22. And Layton is really the reason why um, I'm involved um, with the Oklahoma Family Network. Meningitis when he was about 11 months old. And um, because of that illness, it just kind of led us down this path and journey um, of having a kid with a disability that we never expected, but it's been a huge blessing for us. And um, 
kind of like Joni mentioned in her sharing, um, I was friends with uh, Tracy Cook, and um, she was starting an organization just to help families connect that had kids with special health care needs or disabilities in the Sooner Start program. And um, we met Joni and merged the two organizations together, and we've been going strong ever since. Joni, can you give me a little, um, I know you've given me a background on yourself. Um, can you go more in depth about the history of Oklahoma Family Network and um, the mission and who they specifically served when they started and um, who they serve now? Sure. Well, when Neonatal Parent Network of Oklahoma was started, it was um, started by Dr. Ed Coe, who's a neonatologist at Baptist here in, or in Oklahoma City. And he connected with about 25 parents who had all had children in the NICU there and he brought in Parent to Parent of Vermont, who was one of the leading parent to parents, and they provided support to our network in providing best practices with regard to matching families with like experience. So Neonatal Parent Network supported primarily just families of babies in the NICU, but then as time went on, we found, you know, those children graduate from the NICU and some of them have health concerns, some find out later um, that their child has a disability. And parent-to-parent -parent is still important at that point. Our network matches families uh, based on their preferences. So if a family has a child with autism or they have a child with cancer or they have a child in a hospital receiving um, ECMO treatment, we can match them with a family that's a little ahead of them. And we also support families who have children and um, who have passed away. Because certainly that was our experience with our mental son. Heather, what um, has what have you found to be the importance of matching families with other families with like uh, similarities? I think the most um, beneficial thing in that is just when you when you have that lived experience and being able to relate to someone that's going through that same thing that you've been through. Um, there's just something really magical about that. And it gives families a sense of hope and a sense of connection and just knowing that they're not alone in this journey. Yep, I totally agree. Hey, Joni, were you gonna say something? Yes, I just thought I would add, you know, it's nothing like one couple coming alongside another or one single parent coming alongside another, not only for emotional support, but commonly we learn kind of the tricks to having a child with the types of supports that they have. You know, I, I know resources for uh, children who have dyslexia because I've parented a child who has dyslexia. And I can share tips that teachers and therapists and other parents have taught me with other families. And that can be some of the greatest support that I've received has been from another parent. What has been some feedback that you guys have received from families um, that have been a part of the network? I think one of the main things is they just don't feel alone anymore. Um, you know, they feel connected to other families that are experiencing similar things. They get connected to resources um, that they may not have found out any other way. They get connected to support groups or support for their children through SIB shops, which is where we support siblings. 
um, just being connected with resources and other people who are walking paths that are similar. So as most are aware, you know, we are in a pandemic right now where we are having to social distance ourselves, and uh, the norm of our day-to-day lives has, you know, looked different and we're doing a lot of things virtually. How has this affected uh, the network and families? We've just kind of gotten creative like everyone else, I think, in the way we're being able to provide that support and encouragement and then just access to um, trainings. We've resorted to doing multiple things um, through Zoom um, and providing families um, just opportunities to connect with each other through um, closed Facebook groups. Um, We have some staff that are actually um, starting to uh, provide those um, closed Facebook groups and do Facebook Live um, connections as well as um, just some Zoom connections and um, for families to connect, um, you know, when we can't see each other or be around each other in person. And, um, you know, I've heard a lot of comments from a lot of families that have kids with very significant healthcare needs or even families that have children, you know, that have had uh, cancer experiences. And this, this isn't that different from a lot of the times that they have to live their life in isolation. And so I think families are already kind of used to being creative and connecting with others um, just to protect the health and safety of their kids if they had a, you know, very high um, medical need or, you know, they just needed to be super aware of, you know, anything going around um, to keep their kids healthy and safe. So we've just resorted to um, just doing anything and everything we can to stay connected virtually. That's wonderful to hear that you guys um, are still connecting families during this time and that the families don't have to feel more isolated than they probably already do at times. So what would be some great resources and um, other outlets besides connecting families that you provide uh, new families coming in or old families? What do you, what are, like you spoke of sooner uh, care, are there any other things that you guys connect families with? We do a great amount of training. Um, in fact, we just finished a training a few minutes ago through Zoom. We've expanded our capacity so that we can have up to 500 participants wow. on a Zoom call. And that's nice because we were able to see all 21 of the participants and then they could see the trainer. Angela Donnelly provided a training on how to adapt a book. So if you have a child that wiggles a lot or they have poor fine motor skills or um, interacting with them is really important, helping to support bonding of a child with their parent or to Uh, begin those pre-literacy skills of a child enjoying just spending time with their parent or their caregiver in a book. And so she was able to show them how to um, take just a regular book that you already have on the bookshelf and make it so that kids feel more engaged with that book and with the caregiver that's caring for them. So that's that's been a big hit. And it certainly kept us busy trying to do a couple of those a week. But we have a full list of trainings, and really we just listen to families and hear what are the types of trainings that they'd like to have. We have one in a couple of weeks that is just how to identify things that cause your child to have a meltdown or challenging behaviors. 
and um, we have a partner who's actually coming in and providing that for us. And I'm sure that that will be one that we get quite a number of families and even maybe providers attend. That just sounds incredible. Now, are these resources and what Oklahoma Family Network um, does for families, is this something free of charge? Yes, all of our trainings are at no cost. Some of our partners are probably our most popular training that we do when we're not having to stay in the house, although we'll be doing one online in a couple of weeks, is uh, the care notebook training. And that's where families or even adults can put all of their health information in one place so that they really feel like they're a part of their child's healthcare team, or if it's an adult putting it together, uh, for instance, a, a young adult, perhaps, they're beginning to learn more about their diabetes or their asthma. And if they have all of that in a notebook, when they go see their providers, they can have all of their health and also their school information in one place. We feel like it's important for parents to feel empowered to both navigate resources for their children, but then also just be able to be a, a integral part of the team of those that are serving their child because often a parent is their child's greatest advocate they know them well and they know the supports that they need to be successful whether it's in their neighborhood in their school or just in life in general i couldn't agree more could you guys um maybe expand could each of you share what maybe one of the biggest needs that you see Oklahoma Family Network what is one of the biggest needs that you would say that you guys have right now one of the biggest needs I would say um, is just you know continuing and um, connecting with families and identifying um, families that want to be support parents for us um, we, one of our trainings we provide is for um, families that want to become supporting parents. And that's a volunteer role within the Oklahoma Family Network. Um, and those are the families that we match with other families. So um, we just received a referral today for a family that has um, a child that just recovered from meningitis. And so that is something that's my experience. And when we finish this call, I'm she's on my list to call. Um, and so just, just to continue to identify families that want to give back and be a part of the, the network overall. And I want to mention too that we do everything in partnership, um, that we cannot do this work alone. And so we have some great partners and other organizations that we work very closely with um, to connect families with, to connect other professionals with. And so um, a lot of the foundation of everything we do is just, um, building those partnerships within our state and within our um, region and the nation. And I guess I could add to that. Um, I think it would be really nice if we just had a fund, a set of funds set aside so that when a family um, needs to perhaps seek treatment, maybe they live in um, far northwest Oklahoma in the panhandle and they need to bring their child to Oklahoma City for genetic counseling or to have a, an important surgery but maybe the brakes are about to go out on their car and it's just not safe to come to Oklahoma City and um, we would really like to have a fund that's designated just for family support we have one foundation that gives us a nice little grant each year and um, we usually use all of that up, you know, in, in no time. One of the concerns for our 
neonatal ICU families or even PICU, pediatric intensive care families, is if they live far away and they're coming back and forth while their child is hospitalized for a long period of time, um, that can get very expensive. And Sooner Care and other insurance companies don't pay mileage when the child is in the neonatal intensive care unit and you may live in you know, far southwest Oklahoma and Temple, Oklahoma, or you may live in Woodward, and to drive back and forth on a regular basis so that you can still see your child frequently um, can get very expensive. And even just the cost of meals, you know, to eat in a hospital for one day is around $40. And if your child is there, you know, our son was in the NICU for 55 days, and you think about that to pay for, if you're there, for even two meals a day, that can get really expensive. And it's funds that young families who have children don't often have. I I think that's a good point. I'm, so if we have followers that are listening right now, is there a way for them to give to this fund that you um, would like to expand? Sure, we call it a family support fund. And on our website, which is www.oklahomafamilynetwork.org, and if you go to the donate button, you can actually put in your donation, and they can make a recurring donation. We have people that give $20 a month, and we'll utilize that, you know, just to help buy meals or gas cards or phone cards that'll put minutes on their phone or that type thing, and they can designate it in that way. And I'll be sure to add that in the show notes so that um, our followers can click on that and, you know, have an easy access to be able to give. Great. Thank you. Okay. So in closing um, in your first episode, I would love to hear what your hopes and dreams are for Oklahoma Family Network. Um, so I guess we'll start with you again, Heather. What is your hopes and dreams um, a year from now to five years from now? My biggest hope is that we'll just be able to continue to connect with families across the state and um, just hopefully provide um, that support and encouragement and um, resources that they need just so they're not alone. And just to continue to grow that. And um, we've grown our staff um, very quickly over the last few years as we've added some um, funding and found ways to do that. And um, I mean, in my mind, my ultimate vision would be to have a staff member in every county um, that knows those resources that connect with families um, right there in their local community. Well, and if I I would agree with um, Heather heartily in that in that way. Um, we also, at this point, just from an administrative standpoint. We really need an operations manager. Our network is very wide. And then we need some middle management just to help provide even more support to our staff as they're serving the families. And so those are two needs that I hope in the next year or so uh, we'll be able to fill and to skip on down the road maybe a year or more. Um, having a development director would be amazing because we know that as we expand our budget, we can have more staff, we can have more managers, we can have more trainings, we can have more regional conferences, so that um, the service that we're providing is right there in the community of every family versus having one staff member 
that covers 15 or 17 counties because there's no way that we can know resources in that many counties. We do our best, but it, like Heather, I'd love to have a staff member in every county or even every other county. And so if we have someone that's listening that has, you know, maybe received a diagnosis or has a child in the NICU, like you've mentioned, um, or know someone uh, in a situation that they would love to, you know, get them some resources, what is the best way for them to connect with Oklahoma Family Network? Well, I would say probably, probably the two easiest ways. One would be to go to our website, which we listed earlier. And then if you click on talk to another parent, that's an easy way to just fill out a quick application. It doesn't take long. The other way I'd suggest is just calling our office, which the phone number is 877-871-5072. And if you call that 800 number, then we will connect you with the representative from OFN that is in your area. Okay. So is there anything you guys would like to add before we end this episode and um, continue on? Maybe do you guys want to share what you guys hope for this podcast and um, what you hope uh, families will get out of it? One thing that I'd like to add is um, being a part of Oklahoma Family Network has been a real healing opportunity for me and for my family. Um, whether you have a child that's diagnosed with something that you weren't anticipating at birth or um, something came along a little bit later in life, it's, that's a challenge. And being able to connect with someone initially and receive support and then turn around a little bit later and provide support to someone else, either because you didn't have it or because someone did such a nice job supporting you during days that you know got very long or very hard can be such a healing um, experience at least it has been for me and my family and my hope is that as we do support families when they're ready they'll turn around and support others and that can really help make sense out of the real challenging situation that your family has walked through and so i would just say it'd be awesome if there's anyone listening today and They've walked through an experience of having a child with a high medical need or a disability or um, have just even had severe asthma or something like that. And they'd be willing to help share all of the lessons that they've learned. We would love to visit with them. So if they call our office or they can go online and click on uh, support other families. So that's how we uh, find out that people want to be a support parent so that we can get them trained. I think that's the ultimate pay it forward if there was ever any. So that, I mean, like being able to be a parent and walking through something difficult and then helping someone else walk through that. I think that's what we're all called to do is support one another. So I think what Oklahoma Family Network has been founded on and what you guys are doing is phenomenal. And we haven't talked much about the leadership program that we have. We have a lot of trainings to help develop and refine and hone leadership skills among families and we help them connect to opportunities for leadership such as there are several hospitals that have family advisory councils there are agencies that do 
um, and we can help connect them to those opportunities as well. And Heather may want to share a little bit about the Joining Forces Conference. Oh, please do. Sure, I'd be happy to. So every year we host a um, partnership conference, um, and it's called Joining Forces. And this year was our 13th year. And because of COVID-19, we had to make some adjustments to that conference. Um, it was uh, planned for last Friday, March 27th, but we were unable to meet in person for obvious reasons. But our keynote speaker, Dr. Hellman, still provided the keynote um, presentation through Zoom. And we had over 400 participants um, during that presentation. And um, that was amazing to see. But every year, that's just another opportunity for families to um, come to the table um, with other professionals and other families across the state and really look at services and supports um, for, you know, provided for our families and how we can work together to improve in the system and in our communities and just work together to make it a better place to live for everyone. Um, and then something um, that's really on my heart about this podcast and why we really wanted to get it started is just, it's another outlet to reach families. And I hope when families listen in and going forward as we have other families share their story and share their experiences um, with different diagnoses or different, um, you know, hospital experiences or whatever it may be. Um, I just hope families that are listening just really get a sense of um, not being alone and um, a sense of hope and a sense of connection. I agree. And a community too, that this is their family and like you said, connected. I think this would be, I think this is a great outlet and I hope that families that are listening now um, are excited for future episodes um, and are eager um, to learn more about other families. Uh, maybe not, you know, maybe they don't know them, but maybe they soon will. And Jenna, I might add, just because of the virus right now, our office, the building is actually closed. And so we're all working from our homes, but I don't want that to dissuade anyone from calling because we are checking our voicemail. You just won't get a live person initially, but our staff are checking the voicemail about every hour. And so we'll call them back just as quickly as we can. So be sure and leave a message. And so, and I guess this is a good, you saying that made me think of another question. How often can families reach out to you guys? What well, I, I think that's another reason why um, doing, you know, different um, ways of communication like podcasts, like having resources on your Facebook, um, like having some trainings recorded and, on the website, um, sometimes just because, you know, maybe one of our staff isn't available at two in the morning, we have those resources that are there that hopefully families can find and find some comfort um, in, you know, just looking at a training or listening to a podcast or looking at a resource or, a, or an encouraging post on our Facebook page. Um, that is one thing as a supporting parent and even within our staff that we teach in that training is just setting boundaries um, because if we're not caring for ourselves and our families, then we're not going to be able to um, adequately care for and help support other families. So it's that putting on your oxygen mask first. Um, 
So again, I just hope that, you know, this podcast will just be another way for families to um, get that support they're needing if they're listening to us at two in the morning, um, you know, because they've just stumbled across, um, you know, a podcast called We Saved You a Seat. Um, and then we can connect with them, you know, when it's more appropriate hours and um, once they reach out to us that way. Very well so said. That being said, we have a number of face, uh, Facebook pages. And through that, people will send messages from time to time. And I know sometimes we'll pick those up at kind of odd hours. But, you know, just knowing the Facebook pages are there where people can share information and they can receive information. The, the website is there 24-7. Um, you know, maybe just because we can't always answer the phone 24 hours a day, you know, we can still connect with families in different ways. Yes, you guys have a lot of resources that you've put in place so families feel connected um, all day, every day, which is great. Okay, so um, I guess the best way to end this episode is to say thank you. Thank you each for your work that you do for families in Oklahoma. And uh, if you have nothing else to say, then um, I think we will just go on and have excitement to look forward to this podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jenna. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Saved You a Seat. Oklahoma Family Network promotes family-centered care and provides tools so families can make informed decisions, advocate for improved services, build partnerships among families, and serve as a trusted resource on health care of children and young adults. If you would like to become a supporting family or be in touch with another family, Please contact Oklahoma Family Network by visiting oklahomafamilynetwork.org or by calling 405-271-5072.